So a couple years ago, my family and I were visiting uh, my brother and sister-in-law. This actually just north of us here in Racine County. They have a small place on a small inland lake. It's shallow by the shore, but the lake gets deep quickly and the proliferation of weeds within a muddy bottom makes the lake relatively treacherous to swim. A long, ancient pier juts out into the lake from their shoreline. Wobbly wooden planks that creak under one's feet as you step off solid ground to walk just inches above the water. Now it was almost sunset when and the family dogs were wildly splashing in the water, and the family were in different places and different phases of attention when we all decided to head back up the steep bank towards the house for dinner. Realizing that my then four-and-a-half-year-old son, Miles, was not with us as we made our way away from the water, I turned in a panic to see him perched at the end of the pier, a hundred yards away. Now I knew that he thought he was a better swimmer than he was. And I knew that it would not take much for him to stumble and plunge into the frigid springtime waters. And immediately thought about how cold it would be if I had to jump in after him. I navigated the dogs and the folks coming up from the lake and dashed down the rickety pier carefully but quickly striding towards Miles. Breathless, I asked him what he was doing down here by the water alone. And he said, I just wanted to watch the sunset. Relieved, I, I sat down next to him, alone on the splintery planks of the pier, and watched with them as the great orange orb sank beneath the tree line on the opposite side of the lake. Why are you crying, Daddy? He asked me. Because one of the things that people have always liked to do, as long as there have been people, is to watch the sunset. I'm just glad I get to watch it with you, I said. Oh, okay. He said, me too. So today is Father's Day, and, and we're continuing our month-long theme on, on beauty here in June. So it's appropriate that we look to fatherhood, parenting, development, and growth in engaging this holiday and this time of year. There's no one right way to be a parent. That's for sure, but there seem to be lots of wrong ways. And even the best parents often don't live up to their own expectations of raising a child or children. Many folks who are our parents would rather not have been, and many who wanted children of their own were for some reason unable to have them. All of us who knew our fathers, and even those of us who didn't, have a complex relationship at best with the parental figures in our lineage. Abusive fathers, neglectful fathers, addicted fathers are seemingly as common 
as nurturing fathers and breadwinning fathers and fathers who epitomize gentle masculinity. Indeed, sometimes these attributes, both good and bad, can apply to the same person. Now, those of us from a Christian or Jewish background might think of the Father God of the Hebrew Scriptures, the fickle disciplinarian who kicks people out of Eden and later floods the earth, smites the cities of Gomorrah and Sodom, and splits human language apart in order to prevent people from working together, all because of perceived insolence on the part of God's human children. Arguably not the best father archetype to be sure, but telling as to how the ancients saw the complexities in parenting. So too do father gods across the world's pantheon echo this firm, tough love idea of parenting. From Zeus to Odin to Brahma, all creator-destroyer gods with their own, let's say, conflicting understandings of fatherhood. We contemporary human beings, of course, continue to struggle with our relationships, with each other, with our families, with our ancestors, known and unknown, with our very selves. Parents and their children face particular challenges, the stresses of providing for a family, the conflicting roles we take on from caretaker to mentor to student, all layers upon layers of our intentions and layers of our interactions with those whom we love and everyone else. Parents are the adults who support us as children are indeed our first and primary educators, imbuing us with the gift of speech and interaction. Often parents are the ones to witness a child's first steps, first words, first tooth, first peer friendship, and so on. Our earliest memories and earliest learnings are connected to our parents, whether they were present or not, as the very first way we find ourselves in the world is by learning our place in our family of origin. Often milestones, such as graduation, which we're recognizing today, are lifted up as a success of not only the graduates themselves, but of the adults and parents who have supported these students on their path. But as we've heard from David and from Dr. Du Bois, parenting and education are far from equal across the human experience. Just as the individual understanding of family varies from child to child, depending on the adults around the child, so too does access to education vary significantly depending on the societal, racial, and economic conditions of the community into which the child is born. As Unitarian Universalists, we've struggled with these issues for a long time, affirming both the importance of a nurturing family environment and universal access to education, regardless of circumstance. 
But as in all our endeavors, we sometimes come up short. At the same time, we were building the public education system in this country. Indeed, legendary educator and Unitarian, Bronson Alcott, you may have heard of his more famous daughter, Louisa May Alcott. Bronson Alcott would work with teachers such as Elizabeth Peabody and Margaret Fuller to establish the first co-educational school in the country to admit blacks and whites, girls and boys, and to ban corporal punishment, and to introduce physical education into the regular curricula. The very same time, Bronson Alcott was creating this Boston school, the Temple School. The very same time, other Unitarians were, fund were funding the American Indian boarding schools, which removed indigenous children from their homes to assimilate, read, brainwash these indigenous children into conforming to white American culture. Now here in Kenosha, we are the beneficiaries of at least three significant Unitarian educators from our past. Minister, the Reverend Henry Simmons, also served as Kenosha School Superintendent during the 1870s. Later, the Reverend Dr. Florence Buck, whose advocacy for public recreational facilities for children continues in Kenosha's park system to this day. And of course, our namesake, Mary Davidson Bradford, who would become the first female superintendent of schools in Wisconsin and would prioritize equal educational opportunities for children of all genders and create the first kindergarten program in Kenosha. This building itself, in its hiatus between serving as houses of worship for Unitarian Universalists, would be the Children's Library of Kenosha, affording several generations of our community's children access to books, learning, and knowledge. Now, this is not, of course, considering the countless teachers, educators, and parents who have filled this sanctuary over the decades and the children who came into their own within its walls. And we're better. We're better than any church such as this one to celebrate the milestones of graduation, of parenting, of growing, of transitions of the generations. Here, when the advent of the nuclear family and the moving of family members across vast areas have often separated and segregated the living generations from one another. Can we come together as one family of faith? Here where we recognize the beauty and pain of the human experience and know that it is our job, our job to make this world ever better for those who come next. Here, where we find that the magic of creation is not lessened by exploring the unbroken chain of biology that stretches back billions of years to those earliest cells and rests within our own life. 
and where we draw on the lessons of the past in order to inform our ever-evolving future. So in this vein, I would like to recognize a few special groups of people here today. So first, if you are a father, a stepfather, a foster father, or simply a mentor to the young of your family, would you please stand or raise your hand to be recognized? Though parenting is a daunting and often thankless task, we appreciate your effort and commitment and forgive you those times you may have fallen short in your duties. Second, if you are a grandfather or great-grandfather, one who has seen your own or adopted children become parents themselves, we stand or raise your hands to be recognized. Thank you. Your ongoing support of the generations of your family is an essential part in our evolving human society, and we appreciate your commitment, and again, forgive you those times you may not have lived up to your own standards. Now third, if you are an educator, teacher, professor, tutor, counselor, therapist, special education, aid, school nurse, coach, or administrator, please raise your hand to be recognized. Thank you. Your work with our children is second only to the influence of their parents. And you proudly continue our Unitarian Universalist commitment to education for all. Indeed, we are proud of all of our folks. Our parents, our educators, our students, our graduates, all imperfect, but all who continue to strive for love in the world and make our existence a little bit better than it is already. Go forth in love and never cease to be beautiful. May it be so. Blessed be and amen.